Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Wonderful Tuesday to you. July 19th, 2022. Hope you guys are doing good. So, how many of you realized that the boogeyman is real? Do you know that? Do you realize that the world is full of boogeymen and women? (laughs) Yeah, well, welcome back to Life, Love, and Liberty. We're going to talk about... A little bit of life, a, a whole bunch of about love and some liberty. And speaking of liberty, um, so I mentioned this morning in my wake up call, if you would like those to come directly to your uh, email inbox, you can sign up for my newsletters at monicamatthews.com. You can also sign up for my podcasts and subscribe to those um, iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, all those all those places. It'll come directly to your phone. You don't have to go look for it every day. You can also watch my live shows when I'm on live visually on YouTube on my YouTube channel. You can subscribe there at Monica Matthews, um, as well as follow me on Twitter because I am live there uh, at uh, Monica on Your Talk. But this morning in my wake up call, you know, I was talking about the Dietary Supplement Listing Act of 2022. Okay, and in its inclusion in the FDA Safety Landmark Advancements Act, right? All that is a bunch of blah, 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 blah. That's what that is. And so what, what it really should be called is how the FDA plans on making sure that you cannot use everything that God created in, within this earth to maintain health, to fight against bacteria and um, parasites, uh, viruses, you know, all these things to keep our immune systems on point healthy, right? And how do I, why do I believe this? Because the word tells us that he came to heal all of our diseases and to forgive all of our sins. So he's not a man that he should lie. So he's not interested in us being healed over with diseases. And he also told us that we would have oft infirmities, such as the common cold, you know, things that are just common to man, right? But our immune systems are created in such a way we are magnificently, you know, if I, if I had to choose you know, which ethnicity I, I, I think, or well, like the largest part of God's engineering part of his ethnicity, I would say he's German. <laughs> and I don't say that just because I'm German, but because I really uh, admire German engineering. And so there, there's, well, at least historically speaking, uh, there there is a level of excellence Right. And there's just this understanding. Certainly, they're not the only car manufacturer who understands the excellence behind uh, the engineering of a vehicle. Right. And so, but Germans are exceptionally, uh, you know, great designers uh, and architects and engineers of just wonderful machinery in general, not just automobiles. And so, with that, God, I believe, designed our bodies in such a way. Um, and positioned us here 
and knows that there are viruses, there are bacteria, there are parasites, there are things that our bodies are constantly warring against. Why do you think there was this, it took me until I was like 45 to figure this out, but I was like, oh, no wonder they took everyone's tonsils out in my generation. Not mine, honey. But I just remember thinking, how weird is that? It's almost like a fad. You remember that? Like all my friends were sucking on popsicles and eating ice cream and drinking milkshakes for like a weekend because they had their tonsils out. And I was like, what is the deal with tonsils being taken out? Right? Or your adenoid surgery. Like that was the generation right behind me. But but right after me. But the generation my generation, was all about wiping out your tonsils. Well, why would you take out your first line of defense of your in your immune system? But do you remember being taught about your tonsils and the importance of your tonsils? No, because we were told, oh, it didn't matter. You don't need it. And I'm thinking to myself, every time I hear someone say, oh, you don't need that, that body part serves no purpose at all. I'm like, oh, interesting. So you're the engineer of the human body. Got it. Okay, sure. So, you know, I had my appendix removed, uh, emergency surgery, because I had a very bad infection. Had that not happened, I likely would have died when I was 16. Uh, So I had my appendix removed. Some people will tell you it has no use. You can get along without it. Um, I would imagine it still causes, it can cause some issues within the human body. How about people missing a gallbladder? People tell you all the time, oh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Right, but then you see people suffering, uh, su- suffering, suffering with indigestion, chronic GERD, uh, you know, um, chronic uh, bile issues. You know, uh, there's when something's missing, something else has to take up the slack. And so, if your first line of defense lies within your tonsils, why on earth would you take those out? If something can make it past your nasal cavity down your throat, or just in your mouth and down your throat, right? You would want it to be stopped at the gates of your tonsils. But if they're gone, it makes its way directly into your respiratory tract. And so with that, you know, all that to say, there's always a fad. And anytime you see a trend happening in health, you should pay attention. Like right now, like trans, everything is a trend, which is why I have railed. That's only one reason why I've railed against it. And certainly not because I dislike transgender, actual transgender people. And you have, if you've listened to me at all, you know, that's my heart and my mind behind it. Um, But as it relates to children and a trend, it is dangerous. It is sick. It is demonic. And I don't care what Rachel or Raquel, or Ray Levine, whatever his name was. I don't know. I don't care what that person tells you. Just because he gets to wear a skirt and heels every day, and everybody celebrates him now on his lipstick, as ugly as he can be as a woman. I'm telling you, he so looks like Mitch McConnell. It was riotous. Somebody put up a meme of <laughs> like a succession of pictures. It was like three pictures of of Rachel in quotes <laughs> Levine. And um, and then one of Mitch McConnell, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that is the likeness is unbelievable." <laughs> and so it just tickles me. People are nuts. So Mr. Gobble Gobble, as President Trump affectionately refers to <laughs> to Mr. McConnell. Um, yeah. So anyway, I digress. Just got me tickled now. 
like one of those little butt feathers that were highlighted in my show yesterday. (laughs) Some of you guys are still tripped out about that show, which I think is hilarious. Says way more about you than it does me, by the way. But anyway, I love you and you know that. So welcome back. Uh, Yes, trends, 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 right? So here's Rachel telling you, we're absolutely pushing for children to transition. Okay, that's a trend. That's a trend. What you see happening is actually criminal in my humble opinion, but it's a trend. Okay, so there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of parents who don't know their elbows from their butts. From a godless people who don't understand the great engineer of us as his beloved created beings. Okay, we are his beloved creation and he didn't make crap. And he didn't goof up with your biology. That's not how that goes. Okay, so Big Pharma wants to put an end to vitamins and supplements. Is this anything new? No, it is not. And I was reading this great piece by Joseph Mercola uh, in the Epoch Times, and this was spot on, right? But I guess I had just forgotten how dedicated Big Pharma is uh, to to enhancing their bottom line always. Really, I think it's just a gl- a glorified eugenics program. And what it is is it's it's it is predominantly illness management. It's not health management. There's nothing healthy about your body being filled with with pharmacia, which by the way, go look up the definition of that and go do yourself a, a an, an exhaustive word root uh, an etym- etymological uh word study, etymology. There you go. Word study on that. It'll blow your mind. It is uh, it is witchcraft all day. And so, sorry, and for those of you who are on, you know, three to 20 different medications a day, I get it. I'm not condemning you for it. I am telling you that it is absolutely an industry. And I believe wholeheartedly that God's like, you know, not that God is against science. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, what are those people? Christian science people who don't believe in treating their children with things. That's, that's. No, that, that's not. And if, you, if you're that person, God bless you. That's not me. But I do believe that God meant what he said when he says, I came to heal all of your diseases. But we are in the era of, uh, of pharmacia idolatry, right? And so we just shove pills down our gullets. You know, you got a backache. Like right now, my back really, my shoulders hurt. So I'm like muscle strain. I've been in this chair for like 12 hours. And I'm thinking, you know what? I need, I should probably go take an ibuprofen. Well, once you realize what that does to your liver and other things in your body, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it does help mitigate the pain, but you know, long-term effects of that can have some pretty interesting implications. And pharmacia does not care about you. We know this. We're living through COVID. So we know pharmacia is not on the side of your health, of your longevity. They say they are. Okay. But if you've ever spent any time at all just watching Fox News, I don't, I don't watch far, I don't consume Fox News anymore, nor Newsmax, nor really any of them. I, I just, I stopped being a, a consumer of, I still consider them all mainstream media outlets, to be honest with you. Um, and they're part of the propaganda machine. But, I don't watch them, but when I did, the 70% of their ad content 
and their revenue is predicated upon your drug intake. They are bought and paid for by Big Pharma. And so some of you are like, well, that's okay. I don't do all that anyway. I take supplementation, right? Well, I'm going to read some highlights of this uh, to you, ready? So one of the latest attempts to thwart your ability to access nutritional supplements comes in the form of draft legislation that would require pre-market approval for dietary supplements. In short, it would require supplements, which are food, to undergo the same approval process as drugs, I'm going to say that again, pre-market approval for dietary, for dietary supplements. In short, it would require supplements, which are food, to undergo the same approval process as drugs. In the past, the drug industry and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has tried to ban certain supplements, including vitamin B6, NAC, uh, by reclassifying them as new drugs. Kind of reminds me of people who create things, take it to the DOD, and the DOD loves it so much that they they then instead of letting it go to like a, a private government relationship, uh, they classify it. <laughs> welcome to your big government. Well, welcome to the FDA. That's what they do. So they realize they study. See, when they tell you that they haven't performed studies, they're lying. So what they're doing is studying supplementation so that they know how proteins work, how they interact with the body, uh, how, how they can extrapolate that and put it into their drug formulas. Again, pharmacia, witchcraft, bewitchment, uh, to their potions is really how you should start thinking about everything you put in your mouth. Um, with their potions, right? And then again, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. And I'm not a physician, so don't take medical advice from me. Uh, But this is my spiritual understanding of pharmacia. And I see the ramifications of the drug uh, addictions that we all have uh, called over-the-counter, called prescriptions. I mean, that's you can't even deny that. Sorry. That's like saying McDonald's isn't real. So it absolutely is real. So... You have to think of it in terms of they they will extrapolate certain um, proteins and components of of natural food, otherwise known as supplements, and then they incorporate it in their concoction, their potion, and then they go back and say, "Oh, you can't use that as part of our drug." And so uh, now you can use it, but we get to regulate it. And naturally, they're going to regulate it right off of your shelves. Because if they don't, it's going to affect the, the fact that they can upcharge you for their drugs by a thousand percent. Now, if that ain't one hell of a racket, I don't know what is. Okay. Sinister, demonic. Okay. Another strategy the drug industry has been using to gain a monopoly over the supplement industry is to buy up supplement brands. I mean, this is, this really grieved me. I'm not going to lie, but it makes sense as to why I can't take one of these anymore. Uh, but just 14 mega corporations, many of them drug companies, now own more than 100 of the most popular supplement brands on the market. This monopoly over the supplement industry gives drug companies enormous regulatory influence, and that's a way by which they could eliminate independent supplement makers who can't afford to put their products through the drug approval process. Indeed, it seems that what the Durban Braun, Durban, that's right, you heard that name correctly, the Durban Braun pre-market approval proposal is trying to accomplish. 
Take action today to protect widespread access to di- uh, to protect widespread access to dietary supplements. Contact your senators and urge them to oppose the Dietary Supplement Listing Act of 2022 and its inclusion in the FDA Safety Landmark Advancements Act. So, so this is what I'm telling you. They catfish legislation. And they, they open the belly of the fish and they shove, this is what's called catfishing in the legislation world and legislative world. They shove new legislation and components and they, they basically cut open the belly of a fish and stick, you know, Oscar Mayer wieners in it or, or, or pork loin, right? And they just shove it full of stuff. They sew it up so nobody can see it. Remember, we got to read it and we know what's in it. That kind of stuff, those practices which are really demonic and sick. And, and you know why they're demonic and sick? Because they are uh, in secret. They're deceptive. They're willingly and willfully deceiving you by not telling you what's in something. And the fact that it's okay and you continue to let your legislators get away with not reading legislation that totally impacts your life and the lives of your children and children's children is on us. This should never be allowed. It should never be allowed. Proxy voting never should be allowed, ever. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm seeing a real push for Article 5. You're looking at an Article 5 like trigger like never before in Convention of States. And I just saw it pop back up today. And really what they're, you know, the, in the, the motivation behind this now, there were three components to uh, enacting and, and declaring um, a, uh, a Convention of States. Three by which they have gone to, I'm trying to, I think there are 19 states that have signed on and they need to have 23 or 22 or 23. Uh, Last count, there were 19 states that had agreed and they have like their, which you could refer to as their electors, right? But they are their caucus, their attendees from their respective legislatures that would attend the convention of states. And there are only three things that would be uh, voted upon. Well, now I think what's going to trigger Article 5 is inflation was the latest thing that I just uh, happened to skim across as I was coming here to visit with you all today. And so, you know, it's we live in the Wild West right now, as you can see. But the fact that, you know, there are many things that should be considered in an Article 5 convention. Many. You know, some of you are scared to death of that. You think it's just the death trap of our Constitution. I I disagree with that. I think it's a chance worth taking only because um, having had the president of the convention of states on with me and who explained it ad nauseum, you can go back into the archives and listen to that show. Uh, I'll spare you today, but um, understanding the stop gaps that have been put in place so that a runaway convention cannot occur uh, is to me, it's, you know, this is the cost of doing business as a free citizen. This is the cost of being a constitutional republic. And the cost of not getting control of your government is entirely too high for you to continue to sit back in a total abdication and just clutching your pearls aghast at the next ludicrous thing that comes down the pike and them shoving in our throats saying, here, just take it. Welcome to your new banana republic. Well, no thanks. I don't like bananas that much. And they, you know, constipate you. So, no. I'm not interested in that, and you should be railing against it too. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he flees. And right now, we are being governed by devils. Don't believe me? 
look at every single aspect of what they're doing to our society and our economy. That is not godly. There's nothing godly about it. Okay, so I'm trying to find a couple of these little highlights. This is, um, this is, uh, hold on a second. So, yeah, you've got, oh, you got to love this. One of your rhino Republicans, Leader Burr, who failed to reject the radical and dangerous legislation from Senators Durbin and Braun, uh, which would require, like I said, pre-market approval for dietary supplements and weaken key privacy protections of the Bioterrorism Act, which protects the dietary supplement supply chain. Okay, this is uh, this is quoted by Daniel Fabricant, PhD, uh, President and CEO of the NPA. He says, "Last time I checked, dietary supplements are not drugs, biologics, or medical devices. So why Congress or anyone supporting non-germane legislation that will only add costs to consumers who are doing all they can to stay healthy is extremely troubling." You've got. Um, Groups who have supported this legislation have stated there are protections for technical disagreements with the FDA, like those with hemp, CBD, NAC, and several other products. Now, listen, it would, it, but if the legislation passes, it, it is abundantly clear that these products would be eliminated from the market. So say bye-bye to your hemp, say bye-bye to your CBD, and say bye-bye to NAC, which is a great liver. Uh, it has been shown to have great effect on uh, liver enzymes and cleaning out. And so, and they also know that with, you know, they lied about, they tried to ban B6. They have banned B1, which you have to purchase, um, uh, whatchamacallit seeds. Yeah, sunflowers, not sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, I think. No, yeah. Anyway, I have them in my uh, refrigerator and obviously I don't take them the way I should, but, um, but they are, they're not sunflower. They're not pumpkin. They're something else. And they're very bitter. And, uh, sun, mm, I don't know why I keep wanting to go back to sunflowers, but they are loaded with B1 and they are known to be, um, cancer fighting seeds. So I had, uh, someone pop on my show one time who said that, you know, there was a friend of theirs who took, you know, who ate like 10 to 20 of these things a day, had a breast lump, and within two weeks, the lump was gone. There are, there are many stories along those lines. Again, I'm not a physician. Don't take medical advice from me. Uh, I'm a layperson like you, but I am a huge fan of plants and algae and trees and bacteria and soil and all the things that God uh, allows us to forge and um, to forage for and um, and to consume because we are from the dust. So naturally, you know, our bodies are craving things like soil, right? I mean, so much of our vegetables and fruits, you know, they don't, I mean, people are scared to death of every germ of every, you know, I mean, I pull gardens out of the, I mean, gardens, carrots out of the ground and I actually leave a little dirt on them. Just having that soil deposit um, on, on your vegetables is not a bad thing. We've become so clean that our bodies are filthy. They are. They're laden with bacteria. You know, I visited Australia with my daughter uh, over a disease that she was dealing with, and we, we, we were treated by one of the, a world-leading expert on all things bowel, and uh, Dr. Barodi in uh, Sydney, Australia. And he's an amazing human being. 
um, and you can thank him for your medication for stomach ulcers. But, um, you know, he was like, you Americans, you know, you think you're so clean, but you're actually worse than third world countries. Think about how many people die from C. diff, which is completely avoidable, but it's because we're so nasty in our hospitals. We look clean, we smell clean, but we're actually filthy. Our drive through eating habits, super filthy. Our cold cuts, really filthy. This is where uh, parasites are introduced. This is where certain bacteria are introduced and viruses also introduced in our food supply, our water supply, right? And so he was like, you guys think you're clean and you're worse than, you know, Sri Lanka, which is pretty bad <laughs> in case you didn't know. And so when you talk about parasite infestation, you start talking about dementia, Alzheimer's, um, tumors, um, you know, oh my gosh, MS, you know, any number of neuromuscular disorders, uh, where there could be parasitic or it, you know, involvement, any type of um, gastro and gastroenterological uh, issues. You know, you you've cancer. Um, you know, think about all of the gases, the noxious gases that these parasites give off in your body. They pass the blood brain barrier. I mean, this is like a five second tutorial on you know all things that gut. Right, my my late father in law was the first black. Uh, respiratory therapist in Georgia, and um, and he has since passed on to glory. But he would always tell me, Monica, the the colon rules the body, honey. And I was like, okay. And you know, it wasn't until I had a family member who was very, very, very ill with colon issues, and I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> Because if your colon ain't working, nothing's working. So some of you guys are bitter because in the body of Christ, you actually represent the colon. But let me tell you, without you. Nothing else in the body functions. So quit hating on the gifts that the Lord gave you gave you in your uh, your bodily function within the body of Christ. Some of you, you know, are are the uncomely parts as the word refers to you. <laughs> but you are absolutely necessary. You are 1000% necessary for detoxing, cleaning out, purging, <laughs> keeping, you know, nutrients circulating through the rest of the body. So don't be so offended by your uh, your God-given gift set. So there you go. It is absolutely time for you to contact your senators today. Stand in complete opposition to uh, the Dietary Supplement Listing Act. Again, Dietary Supplement Listing Act of 2022. It is uh, included in the FDA Safety Landmark Advancements Act. See, what they try to do is tell you, oh, we're looking out for you. We're going to make sure those awful, scary boogeymen who are into plants and algae and really treating you with healthy stuff, those godly people, we're going to make sure they don't take you out of our supply chain. (laughs) So that's just the Monica's Digest version of it. Uh, So I'm going to move along to, you know, something... Something that I'm I'm constantly discussing with people is this male female dynamic, right? And in this morning, I reminded you that today is the anniversary of uh, the first formal meeting for women in America that was comprised of dedicated feminists uh, called the Seneca Falls Convention. It was on this day in 1848. They all got together. This is the Monica, not Reader's Digest, but Monica's Digest version of this, uh, to talk about social, civil, and religious rights of women. Because remember, at that time, they basically didn't have any in the States. Can't say the same for the Brits. But uh, for the States, 
women could not vote. You couldn't own property after you got married. That was a no-no. You were property, actually. Um, And women couldn't talk about the abolishment of slavery. They could not get involved in civic things that that were public. Like, there was no public speaking on behalf of women. So these women were like, bunk that. Uh, We're ready to talk. And so they created this document called the Declaration of Sentiments. I love that. It was modeled on the Declaration of Independence written by Thomas Jefferson 72 years earlier. And it declared that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. That they are, in fact, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Some of you say unalienable rights. And so, you know, for for all that I've learned in recent months about, you know, what is a twerp? What what is a, a you know, a women, I'm sorry, is it a furp? A twerp? I don't even know. I'm thinking twerk, you know, because everybody's twerking. But I'm, I'm thinking about the, the feminists. Maybe it's a furp. That's what it is. And then I'm thinking of a Furby. So you're, but the Furps are like feminists that are like extremists. Okay. But these women have coalesced around our children to say, hands off the kids with all this trans mania stuff. No, no more. Like, no, we love, we, we are going to defend womanhood even as like some of you would consider these women like super feminazis. Okay. But here's the deal. The, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and that's how I see them. Now, has there been a lot of damage, I believe, has been done to society from taking things? Because this is how the enemy works. Anywhere there's freedom, when we're not submitted to Christ in freedom, we will always be lured and seduced over to the extreme of something. Always. I don't care what ethnicity you are, what, what continent you're from. This is just part of, again, the fallen nature of humankind. So if you're not if you're not submitted to the author of your liberty, you will in fact be seduced and tempted to go to some extreme or another, whether right, left, and all the way back around, fringe, whatever. You will become radicalized on something because God again is not is the God of balance. God is the God of freedom, and God is the God of prioritization, right? And God is the God of order. And he prioritized you, and he prioritized me. He prioritized his creation, us, man, because we were created in his image and likeness. So we are his number one priority. That is part of my tagline. You know, God's number one priority is people, and, um, and you know, and freedom is, is his number one uh, agenda. How do I know that? Because he said he sent his only begotten son here and loved the whole world so much that he gave his only begotten son. For what? To set the captives free amongst other things. But freedom, freedom, freedom is the banner upon, you know, under which we dwell. And so when you don't understand the submission process to order and to God and to um, godly order of things within the realm of marriage as it relates to sex in terms of male and female, notice I didn't say roles, Right, because I think sometimes we confuse tasks with roles, right? But I like the word office, and the Bible uses the word office, and I like the word office because the word office involves scripturally uh, servanthood. It involves servitude, and it involves humility. 
and involves yielding, right? And and there are very specific um, underpinnings to men and women, scripturally speaking. The man was the head of the woman in creation. The woman came from the man. There were certain things that came in during, you know, because of the fall. And basically, Adam's idolatry of Eve. And the word said that the woman would always pine for her husband. And how many women actually feel that way, right? But then Christ comes along and says there is no male or female, right? There is no bond or or freed. There's no Jew or Gentile, right? And me is is complete and total freedom. Now, some people will take that freedom and say, oh, see, see, see. See, you can't be 45 and be Fred and decide that you want to be, you know, Fantasia. Right. And so because, again, when, when you're not walking in the harmony of the scriptures and your tuning fork isn't the scriptures uh, and it isn't Jesus holding the tuning fork, uh, you're, gonna, you're all over the map. Nothing is harmonious. It, everything becomes, you know, totally radicalized. So finding that it's not even the middle of the road. It's just the truth. It's the center of the plumb line of the truth, which is really only found in the harmony of the scriptures. So I asked a question this morning, you know, I'm just wondering how, what have we become as women? Have our equal rights taken us so far away from the godly order of covering that we find ourselves at constant odds with our brothers in creation? I mean, how much of this fuels our divide and subsequent discontentment? If I could ever find a woman who is, is, is content with her man, I mean, there are a few. I do have a few in my life. But, and I realize there are seasons, right, where, where couples just go through discontentment, disquietedness, you know, all of the relational things as you're growing, as you're, you know, you're growing roots in your soil, you're pulling up old roots, you know, trying to take out the trash from previous relationships, you know, all that stuff takes a toll on you. But really, you know, I like to encourage people to go vertical in their relationships first. So, um, oh boy, you can take that in a number of ways, especially after yesterday's show. But I like to say, go to God first and then pray about your person and let God come back down the other side of the triangle instead of going completely uh, horizontal. Like if your relationship is a triangle and you two represent both sides of the triangle and God is at the top of that triangle, trying to go to each other without going to the manufacturer can be really challenging. And because of women's, quote, liberation, and because of the anger that was behind it, and, there, and there's a, a great story about this in, in, the, in the founders, right, of this entire Seneca Falls Convention of 1848. And when, when one of the women realized just, she went to England, and she was listening to this speech about, you know, uh, um, uh, um, the abolishment of slavery, right? And... She was so livid that she was so oppressed as a woman back here in the state. She couldn't even believe it. And she didn't, re- she didn't realize how oppressed she was until she went over there. And she was like, well, wait a minute. Why can't I talk about these things in America? Right? Like, why, why is this? Why are we so silenced and, and muzzled, as it were, um, you know, as women? We have so much to contribute. 
to communities and building of communities in the public square. And I mean, how, you know, I don't know who, who inspired, it must've been the same people who told priests they can't get married. This has got to be like the biggest Catholic thing or Catholic. And I don't mean that to be an affront to you as practicing Catholics, but I mean, who wrote that men shouldn't marry? Well, the Bible warns us about people who will tell you that you can't marry, you can't eat meat. And now you got to love your latest Pope who just said, you know, quit eating beef right? Eat more bugs or vegetables, whatever. So there's that. Thanks, Pope Francis. (laughs) So the Bible warned us about all of this. They're going to tell you you can't marry, you know, you can't eat meat. And so this isn't the first time in history we've gone through it. But this is, in my generation, pretty radical. So, you know, but with that, it's like, who told you that, you know, as a woman, that your voice didn't matter? You know, who thought of that? And I can hear some people now, well, the white guy is a patriarchy. Um, you know, but, okay, if we can move past the color of someone's skin, like, believe me, uh, the white guy wasn't the first person to decide that women uh, did not have a voice. Don't believe me? Look at what our sisters in Iran are going through right now, today, this very second, while you're running around in thongs and pasties and, you know, twerking on top of police cars, our sisters across the ocean are, are like being murdered over not having a, uh, their headdress on for God's sakes. I mean, they're standing in solidarity to freedom as women who have a lot to contribute to society other than children and sex for men. Um, is they run down the streets without their uh, their burkas on, right? And at the risk of being beheaded. Mm-hmm. And see, we think we have it bad here. So at any rate, this woman was just like mortified. Well, it also gives details, the woman who um, was one of the founders of the Seneca Falls Convention, it gives details about her mindset, about her persona, her personality, about the the spirit with which she started the movement. And I'm always saying the spirit with which something begins is very important. It is crucial to understanding the underpinnings. And sometimes things can actually start out. I would take the ACLU. I mean, and and for the limited knowledge I have about the ACLU and its beginnings, I would say, and I think most of my colleagues would agree, that their beginnings were not nefarious. The American Civil Liberties Union, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, So think about that. Civil Liberties Union, right? So by and large, it was exactly what it set out to do. Now they have become part of the woke agenda. Now, did they just get rolled up into that? Were there financial incentives along the way? Uh, you know, who knows? There could be any number of things, right? And sometimes they still fly in and save the day for, you know, everybody, no matter what color of skin you are, or who you vote for, or who you have sex with, or who you believe in. But by and large, they have become known as part of who I would, I would consider the fringe or radical uh, side of freedom where they've actually moved all the way full circle to encroaching upon others' freedoms. So they, I think, their genesis was actually pure. Maybe. I don't know if I'm wrong. Hit me up on the email. Let me know. And I'll retract. But if, but look at some others. Look at Black Lives Matter. They told you exactly where they came from uh, until they took it down. But their homepage, they're extremely proud of being Marxists. 
Their intent was to disrupt the nuclear family and the heteronormative family, which means straight couples, for those of you who can't keep up with today's lingo. By the way, go buy a dictionary before they're all completely molested, because that's happening too. They've taken out the term, um, oh God, what was it? Matt Walsh just tweeted about it today. They have altered the term. It's not for female, but it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's like a basic biological term, and they have removed it from, they have switched it in Webster's. Total abomination of words, which I've been complaining about for decades because as I saw the uh, Urban Dictionary uh, infiltrate, you know, and it's one thing to say, you know, to have slang and have uh, ethnic and cultural slang and, and you know, isms um, and all that stuff, whatever, that's fine. Every nation on the planet has that. But once you start replacing the actual definition of something that that matters and you and your language begins to take a nosedive the civilization is definitely sure to follow so with regard to black lives matter they you know proud marxists and they were never quiet about their agenda until it was beginning to cost them in their bottom line and many people started you know going to the homepage finally once they realized that their little signs in their little white people, you know, rich neighborhood front lawns wasn't going to save them from the summer of love, you know, they decided, oh, well, let's go see what these guys are about. And some people still don't know. And they're still, you know, crying and, and wiping tennis shoes with their hair and tears and all that uh, over slavery, right? And apologizing for being white and raising their poor little weak white kids to think the same way. It's ridiculous. And so it's ridiculous because God said we're all equal, so stop it. And Jesus paid for everything, including slavery. So there's that. There. So, and I'm not being trite about it. That's just my faith. And you know if you've listened to me at all, that's how I feel. And that's what I believe. So can we talk about slavery? Absolutely. Was it abhorrent? Absolutely. Should we ever go back there again? Never. Is it still happening today? Every second. So we should be working together as blacks and whites to eradicate all this crap going on around the globe. But there's not a lot of money in that. So, uh, And it doesn't benefit your special interest group. So again, Black Lives Matter, the Genesis mattered because they told you exactly who they were and they were put together for nefarious purposes. And they have, in fact, carried out great wickedness in this, in this land and across the globe, not just here, because it's not just an American concept. So... Uh, you know, beginnings matter. And this woman began with bitterness in her heart. Remember, I'm always telling you, go by the book of the bait of Satan, right? Because the bait of Satan is offense. And when you start anything or when you finish something and you finish or you begin with bitterness. If you if you finish one thing with bitterness in your heart and unforgiveness, I promise you as sure as you're listening to the sound of my voice, you will take that bitterness into your next endeavor, relationship, business, experience. I don't care how wonderful and loving and liberating it seems, the second you're triggered, that that bitterness is going to pop up. Its ugly little head will rear up and you'll go, "Oh, well, I remember last time, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, that's because you never dealt with the last time. So when people start movements, it's very important to pay attention to the genesis of the movement. 
because that will tell you everything about said movement. And it will, it will explain, um, and you can already predict where it's going to go. I mean, these are indicators. Some of you like watching the markets. Well, watch this. And speaking of markets, thank you for those of you who have gone over to monicamatthews.com backslash goldco, who have moved part of your portfolios, savings, uh, Roth IRAs, your 401ks over into, you know, a, a safe haven, not that gold and silver and metals do not fluctuate, but by and large, historically speaking, uh, you know, and, and, and these guys are completely above board. Uh, you know, these are IRS, uh, friendly movements that are occurring so that you're not going to incur any kind of like tax implications around moving a portion of your savings retirement, uh, Roth IRAs. You can call those guys today. Uh, click on that on my website. They will give you the lowdown on exactly how you can secure and protect your assets. I told you just yesterday, you've got over $3 trillion in losses already. We're not, we're halfway through the year. $3 trillion in losses in 401k plans. And some of you think that it's that it's plausible to wait to see what happens. And my concern for you is this. If you wait and that dollar literally shuts down, you will have nothing in your savings, your portfolios with which or, or by which to protect anything, much less acquire new currency if that is, quote, the plan of the powers that be. And so when you pay attention to what's happening with global markets and you look at global leaders and what they are returning to, to back their own currency as they're moving away from the dollar, they're going to gold. They're going to gold. And so, again, kudos to those of you who have made the leap and you have uh, run for shelter. Good for you. MonicaMatthews.com backslash Gold Co. Uh, and one of their representatives will uh, give you a call and let you know exactly how to get on board with that. All that to say, you know, when you're looking at how a thing begins, the 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 genesis of it matters because it's an indicator of where it's going and the motivations of it. I mean, your AI programs know this. They're monitoring. I just talked about that yesterday. The CCP is monitoring through AI algorithms, um, you know, how your facial expressions, your blood pressure, you know, how long you watch something, uh, how long before you click. You know, Facebook's been doing that for years. Our, our government has, you know, been spying on us in that way forever to basically human engineer and to human manufacture and to artificially manufacture, you know, this utopian dystopian world you know, that big tech God is excited about trying to elevate above the throne of our Father God. Good luck with that because it has never worked out for any other old God, nor will it work out for this one. Now, I do want to read this to you, and I'm going to end, I'm going to end today on a, on a high note with you guys, okay? Not that I don't always, but I want to read something because I said, what, is it, what does it look like for us with all the weight that we carry as women, um, our relationships to, to and with men, whether it's in the boardroom or the bedroom, the relationships we have with ourselves, right? How has all of this manifested feminism affected us on a soul level that has subsequently affected generations on a societal level? And so as it pertains to 
how what scripture says about the quote virtuous wife. I'm going to read this. This is in Proverbs 31, beginning at verse 10. And I am reading from the, I will tell you, because I'm not reading the modern English version. I love going through different versions. And if you know me at all, you know I'm a KJV girl, but uh, the message is good too. Uh, But I want you to listen to the heart behind this. Okay. And, And please set aside all comparison traps. If you hear that voice come up, that's like going to, it's murmuring. Well, that's not you. That's not me. I could never do that. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. You know, the checklist we get out in our heads as women. I want you to put that aside right now. Commit right now to not listening to that voice. And I just want you to hear what a wise woman said to her son, who was the king at that time. Okay. Because the end of this is really where it's at. All right, so hang with me. Here we go. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her so that he will have no lack of gain. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and gives food to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She clothes herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her candle does not go out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the teaching of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. I love that. And there's the answer to all of it. A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's about us, ladies. That's not about men and abuse and being doormats 
comparison, none of that sex. It's not about any of that. This is about us. And God sees us as his crowning jewels. We are, we were created for his pleasure, right? And so when he sees us as his beloved, that is who we are. And he has clothed you in strength. He has blessed you with wisdom. You are to be honored. And your children may not like you right now. (laughs) I might know a thing or two about how that feels during certain seasons of my life. And I read this and I go, well, that's not me. (laughs) Because my daughter is definitely not looking at me like I'm the blessing of her life right now. Right? But that's, it's a season. Life is seasonal. But the fear of the Lord ensures that we bear fruit in and out of season. And that is you. You are the fruit of God's womb to this world. And I want to encourage you to not let anyone tell you differently. And whatever voices you've ever been told that don't line up with what I just said and what I just read to you, which is the inerrant truth of God, I want you to commit to taking time out every day to make space for the word of God, which is true about you and about who you are, so that those old pathways ultimately have no place in your mind and in your soul anymore. And I believe that you will begin to see that you are the blessing that society needs and you don't have to fight your way through everything. You don't have to struggle and claw through everything. And I know exactly how that temptation feels. I know exactly how that feels and I know exactly how exhausting that is and how wearisome that is and how self-debasing that can be. And you feel like you're not getting anywhere and you don't feel beloved and you don't feel beautiful and you don't feel strong and your clothing is not linen and silk and beautiful and purple and life is hard, you know, and it's rough. But the truth still stands. And when I have submitted myself to God. There's literally been nothing that he has withheld from me. No good thing. All things in their time. And God's word says that he does make all things beautiful in their time. On that note, I love you guys. Love you beautiful. Go be beautiful. Focus on Proverbs 31. Not on the comparison. (laughs) You can sign up for my podcast all over the place. As I said at the intro of the intro of the show. And uh, for my newsletters at monicamatthews.com, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirrors. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.